morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm back. I want to thank our intern, Maya Thompson, and our special agent from the IRS, Brian Watson, and the enrolled agent, Mark Barnes, for taking over the show last week while I was under the weather. I also want to let you know that this auction we've been talking about has launched. If you go to biddingowl.com forward slash law matters, you can see all the fabulous donated items that we have, some really interesting things. And when you purchase on this auction, you're supporting Law Matters. I appreciate that. Okay, our guest today, we have Ron Wilson. Rob, I don't know your last name. My last name is Roman, like Roman numeral. Oh, okay. And we have Rob. I want to ask you first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Start with Ron. Sherry, thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to be on the show. This this will be fun. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm a native of Phoenix. I'm a fourth generation Phoenician. And, Phoenician? Uh, yeah. But I've <laughs> okay. lived in Tucson 27 years. After I finished college, uh, college, I went into law enforcement. And I started with Maricopa County Sheriff's Office and then worked with Glendale Police Department for several years. And then um, my ex-wife's father convinced me to leave law enforcement and I left law enforcement to work with him. That didn't work out. I tried to get back on the department, and there were no openings. So I was referred to the career that I'm in right now. For the past 47 years, I've been a financial advisor, helping people plan their finances, make financial decisions, prepare for retirement. And then in recently, over the past several years, have been uh, had the opportunity to work with law enforcement, which we'll get into. So... I live in Tucson. I'm married. I have uh, eight grandchildren. My my family. How many grandchildren? Eight. Eight. Good grief! It's hard to keep up with them. What <laughs> I do is I tell my my children, if you want me to remember their birthdays, you need to send me an email at least two weeks before the birthday, so I do it. Anyway, <laughs> so that's a little bit about myself. Just assign a month to each one of them. Well, I still write it down, but because I'm old school, I still like to uh, still get the notice. There you go. Okay. Rob, tell us about you. What's okay. going on? Sherry, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, yes, yeah, great to be here. Um, my name is Robert, and I've, uh, I'm have i a Tucson native for the past 24 years. You were uh, born here? I was not born here. I was born in Niagara Falls, New York, um, where my father still lives. And uh, I actually ended up joining the United States Air Force uh January 15th of 1997, which is what brought me out to uh, Davis Mountain Air Force Base back then. And uh, at 18, I was an A-10 uh, avionics mechanic, ComNav, as they called us. Um, and, I, you know, the, the financial world wasn't something that was on my radar. Um, it was just something as uh, over the years, you know, being in the military, I didn't make a lot of income. Um, and so financially I was like many people and, uh, and I was just like attracted to the idea of, of learning and changing. And, uh, and here I am, as a matter of fact, tomorrow is my anniversary that, uh, of me joining the financial industry of 21 years tomorrow. So does Ron have a surprise party? I'm not sure if he does. I know it's you? Sunday, so we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely find out, but, um, but yeah, I'm passionate about what we do and I'm glad to be here. And again, it, I, I'm also very passionate about the, the law enforcement community, public safety, um, working with a lot of friends over the years and, uh, just have a tremendous amount of respect and, and obviously the, the time of history we're in right now. So I'm glad to be here and, and glad to participate. Very cool. Okay. Let's start talking about what you actually do. Because, like you say, a lot of people don't make a lot of money, so managing that is is difficult. Tell us about what you do and why you do it. We work for a firm uh, called World Financial Group, an international firm that provides financial services and financial planning to business owners and individuals. But because of my law enforcement background and having the opportunity to work with some of the uh, police officers and firefighters and teach in some of their academies, we found that people are unprepared for the different circumstances in life. Uh, whether you be a, a, a trainee coming right out of the academy or you're close to retirement, many times you, you focus on your careers and trying to stay alive and not get hurt in all the different situations that you're in and kind of put your decisions uh, about finances and retirement on the back burner. So several years ago, I was approached by some of my former people that I worked with who said, uh, I'm getting ready to retire. I don't think I'm ready. What should I do? And so 
that began uh, a, a move into working with uh, law enforcement people and helping them out. So basically, if you were to describe what we do, we function, first of all, as financial educators. We believe that people make wrong decisions with their finances because they don't know what to do or they haven't had the experience. So we uh, will get into this, but we believe, first of all, educating people about their finances and their situations is very important. And then we function as financial architects, meaning that we help create a plan to focus on what their concerns are, what their goals and objectives. And then as we do the plan and we have the ability to implement the plan by providing financial products. Yeah, I tell people like my son, you need to start now planning for your retirement because you know, you think you it's a part-time job. You need, you still need to plan now. So how, how soon do you tell people to get started before they're in law enforcement? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, when we're working with families that have children, uh, we, we encourage the family, the husband and wife or the spouse or uh, for single parents to begin teaching their children about the basic principles of finance. And how you do that is show them your bills, have them sit with you, go through the checkbook and say, here's how to balance your checkbook. Here are the bills that I pay. Because a lot of kids today don't do that. They don't have a clue about what's going on. They don't know how to balance a checkbook, and that's something that your parents teach you. You're not going to learn that necessarily in school. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you always put some money in your piggy bank when you get your allowance. Allowance, I didn't get an allowance. But when you get a job and you get some money, you put some in the piggy bank, always. I rem- I'm old enough to remember, Sherry, that when you would go to the... I would go to the bank with my parents... And the security guard at the bank would walk up to you and give you the the shiny penny. Do you remember that? Yeah, the okay. shiny penny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> e- e- today kids are not doing piggy bank saving like they used to, or they don't probably don't get the pennies. But one of the advantages of a, of a parent working with their child, even at an early age when they begin working, is to start saving money. And I had a, a conversation with one of my clients uh, in Houston yesterday and they have some uh, small children in there. And, uh, and I said, when your child begins to work part-time, whether uh, anything at all, establish a Roth IRA for them and start so- sucking money away. So, yes, people don't learn about finances early enough in life, and then they, they develop bad habits. They go through school, they, they graduate, or they get their first job, uh, whether they be a police officer or... A, whatever it might be, they start making money and because they haven't had the education from their parents, they make wrong decisions, they get this new credit, they don't know how to handle their credit, so then we start having problems. Well, I know in a lot of the college campuses, they'll set up people, the credit card companies, they'll set up table, here's a free t-shirt, sign up for a credit card, you know, at 30% interest, and they just sign up for a free t-shirt, and now you've got this credit card that's you know sucking all your money away every time you use it so did you do that when you were in college you know i was fortunate that um as a child my my parents struggled with debt and ultimately in my opinion one of the reasons that they didn't stay together um and so i although i did fall into debt myself with credit cards um I, f- I kind of felt like I was smart enough in a way to stay away from the, somebody dangling the candy like that because I did want the free t-shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but when I really started to learn, okay, how does that interest work? You know, and because it was for me, the thing that I learned about credit cards, it was almost like the credit card industry has commoditized loans where, you know, if you go back in history, it would be odd for someone to drive to the bank to take a loan to buy a television. But today, because you have that plastic in your pocket, it's so convenient. And the banks have done that in a way, and I, again, I feel like what Ron has said is like, if people don't understand, you know, they're not looking at these interest rates. Some people, you know, you ask them and they're, they're just totally in the dark. And, you know, one of the principles we teach is, you know, compound interest and that can work for you, but that can also work against, against you. you. And, Absolutely. you know, and I think that's something that, that we see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about, you know, I don't love the idea of debt. I know today there's a lot of great debt people have with mortgages and low interest rates and things like that. But, you know, a lot of this other stuff, I really recommend people to stay away from, educate yourself, educate your kids and 
stay away. As a loan officer, I have found that there's uh, these agencies that Credit Karma, I think it's called. Okay. They'll send out once a month or every other month, they'll send out recommendations. Here's the best credit cards for you. I know somebody who, every time they send that out, opens another credit card. 27 credit cards. Mm. And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, who needs all these credit cards? And well, they said to do it. No, they're they're just saying that that's an option, that you don't need to do it. Um, one of the police officers that I'm working with in, in the area is a Dave Ramsey disciple, but uh, he has a difficult time applying Dave Ramsey's principles. And so I met him a few years ago and developed the financial plan with him. But one of his things was, um, I want to roll my credit card over to get a lower interest rate and keep doing that. And I said, why don't you pay the credit card off? You know, stop rolling these balances over because you've always got the option and you get a new credit card in the mail, you, you have good credit, but try to pay off your credit card, try to pay off your debts. And I think that's another mistake that uh, people have. When the credit card interest rates are low, eventually it's gonna get you in the rear end. So you have to think about getting out of debt down to the point where maybe the only thing that you own is the have the mortgage on your house. You know, now it's really important because people get into debt and one of the things I tell law enforcement uh, personnel at the academies is if you have financial stress in your life and you're working in a life and death situation, what are you going to be thinking about? You're going to be thinking about the financial stress. You're going to think about the bill collectors or whatever. And so get out of debt, get your financial house in order so that you can focus on your job, staying alive, not getting hurt and focusing on your family and debt will destroy you. And then you add COVID to everything. So people are really stressed out. I don't care what job mm-hmm. you have. People are stressed. Mm-hmm. And it's just not easy right now. If you have any questions for our financial advisors here, the number is 790-2040. And I'm sure they'd be happy to answer anything you have to offer. I'd love to. Okay. What got you involved with uh, helping first responders instead of just, you know, the general public? Or do you do both? We do both. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Okay. As a a former police officer, I was approached by some of my friends who were still in law enforcement and said, I need some help. And so I was able to apply my principles that I learned uh, in financial planning to help them. And because I was a former police officer myself and knew what their circumstances were like, I was able to empathize with them, but also say, hey, I've been there, done that. I've made some of these mistakes. Some of these, these are some of the things you need to do. Well, if, if you do a good job for a law enforcement officer or a firefighter or first responder, because they're very clickish and everything is very tight, they have a tendency to refer you to other law enforcement personnel. And then we, we were involved with a, a, an organization here in Arizona that provides uh, value and benefit to police officers separate from their departments. I was asked to provide retirement planning through this association, which I've done. So how did I get into it? I was first approached by some people that I knew, did financial planning with the law enforcement officers, and then they began referring me and Rob to other individuals. Very cool. Is that your story too? You no, know, it's a little. It's a little different for me. Um, I think for me, over the years, it's been like I've always had like a tremendous amount of respect for law enforcement. But I think you know, for me, I understood more of like the military pensions and retirement and things like that. And so for me, it was like there was a passion there, but I didn't really know firsthand how, you know, the things that they went through. And over the past couple of years, I've, you know, partnered up inside of our firm with, uh, you know, people like Ron, um, who come from the public safety sector. And we've kind of just had these ideas of there's so much that these people put on the line, whether it's for the, you know, the people around us or defending the country or whatnot they should have the best financial situations in my opinion. Um, And a lot of times they get to retirement or they come through a challenge or like, you know, they're at the the, the police academy or they're at their end of their career 
and they're not in the best situations. And so for me, when when I was approached to say, hey, let's really maybe put a, a real focus on this community, I, I right away was like 100%, yes, I would love to do it because I feel like it's a service that we can provide to people that are not getting it, that they're not getting the the guidance and the education. And so um, it's just something that sits sits in my heart. I, I, I you know, it's uh, it's a true passion of mine, so. Yeah, again. because they, they have a limited income and they don't get paid enough. But, you know, to use it wisely is what you need to do and plan ahead. And it's not always easy. You know, little Johnny broke his arm. Okay, now I've got extra expenses. So what I was going to put in my piggy bank is going to Dr. No. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So And also they're finding out that a lot of these city governments and the departments that they work for are changing their benefits. For example... Uh, up until recently, if you were a law enforcement officer or a firefighter and you retired, you had your health insurance paid for through age 65 when you became eligible for Medicare. Well, not anymore. When when they retire from law enforcement, um, they're basically in what we call a black hole. They have to find their own health insurance or maybe their spouse or significant other has it and they can become a dependent. But when they retire and leave law enforcement, they, they're out there because the cities are changing their benefits because of, they have all these unfunded liabilities. And now they're beginning to worry about their pensions as well. So uh, it, it's a unique situation that uh, law enforcement personnel and firefighters and first responders, you know, really need uh, some guidance and, and, uh, and direction. And all the agencies are hiring, every one of them. So if you're sitting around wondering, gee, what should I do? Go apply for one of the agencies or all of them. See who picks you up. You see, Absolutely. you could have a job with the TPD. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. I'm. I think I'm uh, past that age group. So, <laughs> uh, well, no, they said it doesn't matter if you can pass the test; they'll hire you. Okay. So, I want to see you jump over that six foot wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I know, you do workshops. Is there a fee for the workshops? There's no fee for the workshop. Um, We provide financial education uh, uh, to help people. We don't charge a fee for our workshops. And for law enforcement, we actually don't charge a fee for the financial planning services that we offer. What we would like them to do, though, is have enough faith and confidence in us when we're through the process that they say, oh, I need that product, or I want you to help uh, set up an insurance program, or we want to develop an investment portfolio. We would like them to do it through us, with us, and then the investment firms and the insurance companies that we represent will pay us a commission or a fee. So there are no charges to attend our workshop. As a matter of fact, we we strongly encourage people to do that. And and when we speak in police academies or uh, organizations like this, uh, we, we don't charge a fee. So we're not talking just police academies or law enforcement or the agencies that support law enforcement. If um, I own a shop, I have 20 employees and I want you to come in and talk. It's a candy store. Would you come in and talk? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, in our, in our practice, our professional practice, we focus on individuals, but we also focus on businesses. Um, my first company in this profession taught me to work with business owners and employees. And so we specialize not only with individuals, but we specialize in working with business owners to help uh, families uh, retain their business, family-run businesses, but we also work with the employees. Um, There is something a lot of people don't know. If you provide a retirement plan to a group of employees, the Department of Labor requires you to provide financial education to those employees. And when one of the things that we do is when we install a, a retirement plan, whether it be a 401k or a defined benefit pension plan or whatever in a business, we also provide the financial education to the employees. And with the financial education classes that we give them, we also uh, provide them individual counseling at no cost. So that's part of our services. So in answer to your question, Sherry, uh, we do provide financial education to businesses, uh, for the owners and their families, and also all the employees. So tell me about the products. You said we offer products. What are the products? 
Well, we have a very uh, diverse product platform, as we call it. So um, we work in various areas of the insurance business, of the retirement planning business, of the um, you know Medicare supplement, long-term care business. Um, we have strategies and companies to help people minimize and eliminate debt. Um, you know, college funding and college coaching programs. Um, you know, we even have um, some some nonprofit organizations that we work with that help uh, families and kids get grants and scholarships to get into college. Because most families, I think the statistic is like eighty percent do their FAFSA incorrectly. Um, and so, uh, I'm shocked. It's it's not a shocking statistic, you know, <laughs> that we're in this the richest country, quote unquote, in the world. But most people have money problems. So there's not a one product or a one size fits all. So effectively our our firm has access to every product nearly in the financial in the financial space and so we're able to look at someone from a needs-based standpoint of okay, here's where they're at, here's what they need and let's go out and find the right solution and implement that and help them. Um, and so it's a it's not a one size fits all, which is something that we're very proud of because a lot of the uh, a lot of people's inter- interactions in the financial world has been kind of one size, and they just say, "Hey, is this really the right thing for me?" So everything's tailored, and everything's very specific to the individual. I know people think that about the Medicare field too, and there's what was it, forty one different products just in Pima County alone. It's very confusing. Yeah, and you've got a great guy, Jimmy Stewart, who handles your Medicare Jimmy's for awesome. you. I love Jimmy and, and, and his that's wife. The thing. They're amazing people. That's the thing, too, if I could say, Sherry, is that, you know, if, if there's an area that is like a specialty, whether it's, you know, Medicare or estate planning, you know, Ron and I may not know the answer, but the great thing about the way that we're set up is we have a team of individuals who do. And so if there's something that's very unique or very, you know, high level, um, we can, f- you know, fulfill those goals as well. Very cool. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few. Next week, we are going to have, I'm sure everybody remembers Edward Snowden. Next week, we're going to have his NSA supervisor on, and we're going to talk about what really happened. I watched the uh, documentary, and I was a little floored, so I thought, you know, there's got to be another story here. This seems a little one-sided. So tune in next week, and we'll be talking to Steve Bay. Um, I want to talk to you about the other workshops that you do besides financial planning and teaching business owners how to help their employees and teaching their employees how to be smart about the money they're getting. Do you tell people, do you help people prepare taxes or do you work in that arena at all and tell them what is taxable and what is not? We do not prepare taxes. Okay. Uh, we are not CPAs. Do you have somebody who does? Yes. And the other way that we work is, uh, and we are also not attorneys, but with the advanced degrees that we have in financial planning, we know enough about wills and estates and trust to recognize problems or in taxes and then we refer our clients to a professional to actually do that so for example if we're doing a workshop and talking about wills and trust or like in when i'm teaching a police academy one of the things that i strongly encourage the the law enforcement and their families to do is to make sure that their wills are in place that they have the right uh, powers of attorney, financial powers of attorney, healthcare powers of attorney. And then we make provisions if they don't have an attorney uh, through this organization that I mentioned earlier, AZ Cops, uh, there are attorneys that will do wills for them. So we do not prepare the wills. We do not um, give legal advice. But you have advice. resources. Yes. Who, who do you recommend for taxes? Uh, th- there are people on our team that Rob could talk about and then uh, I've been part of an association here in Tucson, Southern Arizona State Planning Council that's made up of attorneys and CPAs, and we know different people that we work with. That so we you have a lot to. of people. It's not just one person. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So yeah. you you feel comfortable with that? I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do your taxes. And then actually, if, if, if they have professional counsel, a lawyer or a CPA that they're working with, when we're doing, uh, we're, we believe that we're part of the team, 
we will get permission from the client to work with their CPA or their attorney in coordination to make sure everything is accomplished for them. So, In the, fact, on the auction site at biddingowl.com forward slash law matters, there is a wills package in there that people can bid on. We've got an attorney actually on our board, Russell Zarku, who is specializes in wills, trusts, and estates. So if you don't have your will, go to Bidding Owl and, and maybe you'll win one. So get everything put together. And it's smart. And that's one of the things. I did my internship in probate law. And it just seems like a comma here or, you know, people don't put their affairs in order the way they should be. And then, you know, after the fact that the family's scrambling and nobody knows what to do, it's really smart to have everything in place. Oh, it is. And, and you'll find, especially with uh, businesses, family-run businesses, they do not have their estate plan in place. They, uh, they, they work hard. They build their businesses. They, they focus on making money for their, their families, and they take care of their, their employees. But if they die unexpectedly or when they decide to retire or if they became disabled, totally disabled, and, and they have not made provisions to continue the business or sell it or pass it on, and they don't consider the tax impact when they pass away or when they want to sell their business. So that, that is a whole unique area that you, they need a team involved to help them make the right types of decisions. So, Yeah, and people need to understand if you're holding a, a business and you've got a business partner, not a family member, how you hold title to that business is huge. Right. And the other thing, the other mistake that they make is they may have an agreement in place to sell the business, let the partner buy it or, or whatever. But many times I'll find that it's unfunded. How are you going to pay for it? And that's a problem as well. And then uh, what's the most effective way to pay for the purchase? So there are a lot of pitfalls in business planning that business owners don't consider. The other problem we see is when people want to do it all themselves. Like yes. I'm, I'm, I'm brilliant. I've built this business. I'm wealthy. Yada yada yada. But you're not an attorney. You're not a, a an accountant or CPA. You're not an advisor. So many times it's you make the wrong decisions. House. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you know, it. It's not your wheelhouse. Go to somebody who knows what they're doing. So. Yeah, it's it's really sad. I've seen people put together their own family trust. <laughs> and it, I had a guy who had his CPA create a family trust. And the way it was written, his cousin actually owned the property, not him. And I said, you have to get your cousin's permission to do this reverse mortgage. And he said, why? I said, well, the way this is written, he owns your house. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was furious. I'm like, well, you know what? You might have saved 25 bucks by not going mm-hmm. to an attorney, but now your cousin owns your house. So, Big trouble. <laughs> so, so was it worth it? <laughs> okay. Let's talk about cash flow and, and debt management. How do you, if somebody comes to you and they're just, you know, armpit deep in debt, how do you help them? I think, you know, uh, there's a few strategies. Um, one of them that I like to do, there's a few things uh, primarily, is number one, it's basically like stepping on the scale at the gym. It's where are you at? And we try to put everything on paper, all the expenses. Normally, if there's a there's some debt issues, there's often cash flow and spending issues. Um, and I'll just give you a, a recent example that last night, uh, about 5.30, I was meeting with a, a single mom and we were going through a financial analysis and we were going through her expenses of grocery shopping and eating out. And the sum of those two was about $950 a month. <laughs> and she wasn't aware of that prior to us. And she was a little in denial. And so I like, number one, let's look at the budget, the spending, the cash flow. Again, you know, we're at the end of February. Where are we at for 2021? You know, and I think most people should consider doing that. And I think secondary, looking at all the debt, organizing the debt. Um, I love a concept called debt roll-up, which is basically organizing your debt um, from the largest balance to smallest, and basically putting all of the emphasis on the smallest balance because that frees up payments quicker. 
and we put all of the resources on the smallest balance. There's various ways to do it. Um, again, we teach some of that in our workshops, but um, I know everybody has somewhat of a unique scenario. So we try to just be be general until we can look at someone's case, you know, specifically. So Ron, I don't know if you have any other ideas. Well, yeah. And one of the things that I found over the years is uh, people make mistakes with their finances. One of the biggest mistakes people make to create debt is, is like Rob said, they don't know what their budget is or their expense items. And how they get into trouble is they use their debit card exclusively. They run to the ATM, they get the cash. They don't keep a check register or a checkbook. Um, they uh, so they don't know what the balance exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. when we when we have a person uh, do a budget, if they've never done a budget before and they've never done a checkbook, we give them a form and we say, okay. Here's what we want you to do. Just try to stay away from the ATM machine and let's write down each of these items and what you spend and then we'll help you create some parameters to follow. So we have to not only make them aware of what's going on but help correct bad habits that they've had over the years. One of the things that Rob was talking about as far as debt roll-up and with paying off credit cards, the other thing that I've like to do is I'd like to help people succeed. So for example, if they have credit card bills, we want to look at the credit cards that have the highest interest rates, but we also want to look at the credit cards that may be the easiest to pay off because if they can pay off some of those credit cards right away, they, they believe that they're accomplishing something rather than getting discouraged. And people fail at getting their financial houses in order because they're not disciplined somebody's not helping them and then they get uh, uh, really disappointed and they feel like they're failing. And so we believe that when we're helping people get their cash flow or their retirement plan in place or whatever, that they need, they need to feel that they've accomplished something. The other thing that we do when we prepare a financial plan in this whole thing is we give them a book. Like if you, if you went to your lawyer and had a will done or a trust, the lawyer would give you a will and a trust in a notebook. Right. Well, we do the very same thing when we're working with law enforcement or business owners or whatever. We, we prepare a financial plan for them, whether it's a basic plan or a comprehensive plan, but they have something in writing. And when we meet with them on regular basis, uh, on a regular basis for reviews, we have them bring the book. And so we say, okay, here's what you've done. Here's what you've accomplished. Is that a book they have to write in? They can. Uh, we take them through the, uh, a several step process so that they make notes and it's their plan, but the final product is kind of a nice portfolio book, but we say, make notes, keep track of this, bring it to your review. It's your plan if you want to make notes on it to uh, or chop it up or whatever, we'll do that. But it's got to be a workable tool, not something like a Bible. Remember the old Bibles that people would get family Bibles, they put them on the shelf, they have dust. So our financial planning documents are not like the family Bible. We want you to use it to make it a practical tool. And it's something they can refer to if they, they, you know, should I charge this this month? Oh, the book says no. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Or they can answer questions of, hey, do I do I have long-term care in place? Or do I have, you know, because sometimes people don't know what they have and they can always refer back to it. That's important. It's really People important. need to understand long-term care. They a, think, oh, I don't need that. Country. Well, you don't need it now, but you might need it down the road. Oh, Absolutely. When we do a retirement plan for an individual, whether no matter what profession that they're in, uh, we have them uh, create, we look at their budget and what they're spending money in right now. And then we say, we want you to project yourself out to when you retired. Then we want you to do the budget as if you're retired because circumstances and expenses will change. You will have more time on your hand. You may spend more money in retirement than you will while you're working because you have to go to work every day. But we want you to itemize those areas in retirement that you think will be different. And then we have, we drop the bomb on them. Okay, now, we want you to project yourself out to age 85. Do you know what the cost of assisted living or long-term care is? Because most people don't, unless they've been through it with a parent or a grandparent. Right. So when we're building in the retirement projection <clears throat> in the spreadsheet, we always include at age 80 or 85, an increase in their expenditures because of long-term care or nursing home or whatever. And then we say, okay, how are you going to pay for that? Because this is what your income is going to be in retirement from Social Security or your 
government pension or whatever. Here's where your investments are providing. Now, if your income need increases when you're at age 80 or 85 and your, your pension and Social Security do not match that, where is the money going to come from? So a reverse it's, mortgage. Or that as well. So Because that's tax-free money. Mm-hmm. But the point is people don't consider different things. And what our job is in financial education is to help people become aware of what the circumstances are and what they might be and then come up with the solutions to help them solve that. And I, I've seen so many people just sitting on the equity in their home that's not earning interest or anything when you can do a reverse mortgage allow it to earn interest or take a monthly stipend if you need that income and make life a little bit easier for yourself but you will have to be smart about it and you have to plan for it you have to plan for your reverse mortgage okay social security is it smart to wait until it's maxed out or should you start taking it right away which What's your opinion? I can just give you, uh, Ron's a little more seasoned in life in that, but I'll give you my... <laughs> You're saying he's old? He, I'm not saying he's old. He's uh, he's a veteran. Um, <laughs> and although I am too, but he, here's what I know. Most people get social security wrong. Um, I, I've been asking people for years, when can you take your social <clears throat> security? And most people say, uh, reluctance. there's some reluctancy in their answer. And this is my understanding. If you're born after 1960... It's 67 years old to get your full retirement benefit. If you take it early, there's a reduction in benefits, and it's a lifetime reduction. And so it is dependent upon the year you're born. Um, but again, many people in my generation, um, you know, born after 1960, it's 67. But if you're born prior to 1960, it is really dependent upon the year that you were born of when your full retirement age is. So I normally recommend to most of my clients waiting till the full retirement age of when they can get the full benefit. So was it set up that way or is that something that was changed over the course of time or? My understanding is it was set up that way. I don't know know if you know any different on that. Um, The the original purpose of Social Security when it was established by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, they... Did you know him? No, I didn't. I've only read about him, FDR. (laughs) Okay. Social Security, when it was enacted... Uh, the, the the cost of Social Security and the benefits are based on mortality tables, life expectancy. Right. When they first established Social Security, they did not expect the average American to live past the age of 72. And so they they built this plan, which, by the way, is, is, is for, they'll forever protect it. So people are living longer. And there's more and more money being paid into the Social Security Trust Fund. And so they have some some problems. And what I've always recommended to my clients is this. You're first eligible for Social Security at age 62. If you're in the, the age bracket that I am as a baby boomer, you can take Social Security at age 66 or I'm 67. What I recommend is that you have your finances in order so that you don't have to take Social Security until you're age 70. Because every year that you wait to take Social Security, the the amount of the benefit, the payment, will grow by 8% compounded. So if you can wait till you're 70, your income is going to be much long, uh, larger than if you took it at age 62. Now, some people will say, well... What if I don't live to be past 75 or whatever? Should I take my money now? Who knows? But I always say it's best for you to wait until you're age 70, if you can, to take Social Security. Okay. So that's depressing. It's a little depressing to some people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you work for this, you think, okay, I'm going to be able to, you know benefit from this and you're telling me I have to wait. And you potentially have to pay tax on your social security in a, in a certain percentage as well. And so it's, again, it's really, do I, I don't know what I don't know. You know? And that's why a reverse mortgage is so smart. It can bridge that gap. You don't have to take your social security until you're 70 and you can use this tax-free money to get by on and you know, be smart. And a reverse mortgage is uh, something you should talk to your financial planner about. And not everybody understands. They can't wrap their mind around a reverse mortgage. But it's out there, 
it's a smart tool if you use it wisely. We recommend the use of reverse mortgages. We as a firm do not do them, our investment do firm, them. but we would refer them to you because See? we know that you do that. <laughs> and, and you're the expert in that realm as far as we're concerned. So We, we teach classes on exactly. reverse mortgage. We try to help people understand what's going on. And obviously with COVID, we haven't been able to do that, but you know, we'll start up again probably in the fall. So you just mentioned something really important, um, which I'd like to jump in if that's all right, because uh, you've mentioned COVID a few times. How do we do classes? Well, one of the ways that we do classes now because of COVID is by Zoom. <laughs> so we do Zoom classes, and we found that to be really helpful. And uh, we can do classes in Arizona, and because of Zoom, we can do them just about anywhere around around the world or the United States. But financial education is important, and I know that you do classes for reverse mortgage, and hopefully someday we can get back to the in-person one-on-one or the in-person with and the group of people. And we can teach classes together. Exactly. But I financial education is important, but we can do Zoom classes uh, of all type with businesses, individuals, or large groups anywhere. So what do you want our listeners to take away today from the show? What What is the key? Okay, you're pointing to him. You want <laughs> well, them to I'm take Rob away? I can go first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the key thing to take away is, you know, people have to ask themselves, do they feel confident in their plan? Um, and many people, they feel a lot of question marks around, I don't understand my retirement or my pension or whatnot. So I would say one of the key takeaways is just reassess your situation and ask yourself, hey, it's the end of the, you know, it's end of February. We're going into a new month. What better time to sit down and just do a little self-reflection of, okay, am I on track? Am I off track? Do I need help? Have I taken care of the things that I said I would take care of? Um, you know, do I have my, my plan in place? And so I just think, you know, have a strategy, number one, number two, never stop learning. Um, if you don't understand it, you probably shouldn't be participating in it fully. And so we, we, the, the one thing I want to get on the rooftop and shout is financial education is a life skill. And most people have not been taught that life skill. I look at it almost as an equivalency to reading and writing because today, people in my generation, they don't have pensions, many of them. And so their financial future is in their hands, not the government, not the companies. And so um, just get educated and, uh, and get, a, get a strategy in place and find somebody who can help you do that. Yeah, and we, of, we feel like we can do that very, very better than most people. We feel like we're, we have the expertise in all these areas. And what's Transamerica? on your shirt transamerica is one of our uh is our is our broker dealer uh, it's also one of our product partners in the insurance space and so um again uh, you know 100 plus year old company kind of behind what we're doing what i'd like people to get from this um, um time with them this morning your audience specifically for for uh, law enforcement and first responders prepare for the future prepare for the unknown think about retirement what are you going to do with retirement uh, there's a program now that the state of Arizona makes available that uh, all other states do is called DROP. If you're in law enforcement or you're a firefighter and you're in this deferred retirement uh, plan DROP, you're... DROP, D-R-O-P? D-R-O-P, correct. It's a, it's a retirement plan and we can give people inf- information about it. But law enforcement and f- firefighters especially know about DROP. Many times when they're in drop and they receive their retirement monies from the state of Arizona, some of them are getting very large checks and they don't know how to invest their money and protect it for the future. A lot of people get these big checks in addition to their pensions and they say, well, I'm going to go out and buy some stuff, new car or whatever. The money that you receive... You can't retire on stuff. <laughs> that's right. It goes away. It depreciates. Your, your retirement is, depends on how you invest your money and how you make it work for you and how it provides financial security. So my message to law enforcement people listening today is get all your things in order. Get your estate plan in order. Follow your budget. Don't go into debt. And start thinking about retirement and decide on how you're going to invest your money and put it away and make it work for you so that you have it for the rest of your life. And their position, just like military, they need to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. You never know when you're going to get that phone call. Exactly. I've gotten that phone call. 
and it's not pleasant. Unfortunately, there are law enforcement personnel that are being killed. And, That's uh, what I'm talking about. And they don't have enough life insurance. They don't have their wills in place. Uh, they don't have um, provisions set aside for uh, educating their children. And what we try to do is to help prepare, prepare for the unknown. And um, having been there, I can say, you know, I've been there. I've, I've worked with people that has happened to. And you need to prepare. You're not um, immortal. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other thing. All the agencies are hiring. If you're thinking about, gee, what should I do with the rest of my life? Check it out. It's a very rewarding career, but you have to be somebody who really wants to help people. I mean, if you're, you know, kind of self-centered, you're not going to be in law enforcement or a first responder because you're thinking about you. You have to be somebody who's willing to go into the into the danger zone hmm. and be pretty selfless. There's not a lot of people like that anymore. People are being raised differently. Yeah, it's different. There's no there's no respect for law enforcement. It's really sad. It's a, it's a, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. So, okay. Don't be drinking coffee. I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These Zoom meetings. If somebody is listening and they've got a, a company full of employees that they would like to help educate, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to use the product. This doesn't set your kids down and explain to them how to be smart about their money. How do they get in touch with you? They can call me or Rob. They can call me at direct on my cell phone at 520-370-6553. That's 520-370-6553. And I'm Ron Wilson. And then Rob, why don't you tell them how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely, Ron. My uh, my direct line also is 520-603-1111. That's 520-603-1111. Uh, that is a mobile number, so you guys could call or text. Um, and again, one thing we just like to sh you know share is even if people say, oh, I don't need any products or anything, get some of the resources because we feel like we have really great information, just you know, workbooks and things for the education that companies and groups could share. What's your website? They could go to worldfinancialgroup.com um, and get some information on, on our company. So if they want to check you out before they call you. Absolutely. They can do that. As a matter of fact, they go to worldfinancialgroup.com and there's a button that says find an agent. And if they hit find an agent and put in Tucson, we're there. We have our own websites that are there. So it's that's a fast. Oh, so that's a big website and you want to go to the local website. Yeah, they could they could find us through there. They could get just general information, but they could pinpoint if they said, Hey, I want to go to Ron's actual website, they could find him through that agent finder on that website. Do they you could, have your own too? I do have my own. Okay. They, they can find both of us on there. Yeah, and they can also email us if they want to email us. Okay. Let's hear it. My email is Ronald.Wilson, common spelling, at tfaconnect.com. Tom Frank Adam Connect.com. And mine is Rob.Roman at tfaconnect.com as well. And what is the TFA for? TFA stands for Transamerica Financial Advisors. Okay. That is our monitored and regulated emails. So do you work with a lot of different companies or is that the one company? Our investment company is Transamerica Financial Advisors because we're registered with the SEC and FINRA as investment people, investment advisory representatives. So our broker dealer is Transamerica Financial Advisors, probably one of the top five uh, independent broker dealers. But as far as insurance companies go, we represent the big insurance companies, all of the big insurance companies. Uh, and that's why when we do a financial plan for a client, we don't provide, we don't, I do, we'll use the word pitch. We don't try to sell just one product. We recommend products that are uh, necessary for individuals' financial plans and solve their goals. Anywhere from mutual funds to individual stocks and bonds to managed accounts and then the different Life insurance, long-term care, and disability income policies that we offer are from the top 70 life insurance companies in North America. So you represent everybody. What what kind of training do you have to have annually, or how, do, how does that work? Because I know I have to go through so much training annually. It's a real pain in the patootie. How much training do you have to do every year and take a bunch of tests? 
uh, our training is extensive from when we, we begin all the way through as an ongoing basis. So, for example, I've been doing this 47 years. Uh, in addition to my college education, I've had extensive training through the profession. I'm also a charter financial consultant and a chartered life underwriter uh, through the American College. Uh, I also have been trained in retirement planning by the Wharton School of Business. In addition to that, we take courses every year, continuing education courses. We take uh, and anti-money laundering courses. Uh, we spend so much time in ongoing courses in training and supervision. Money it's, laundering courses, I we mm-hmm. have take those too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing at the closing table how much stuff you learn about a person. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We won't go down that road. We don't have time. We are a heavily regulated profession, so yeah, we're there. Are you a fiduciary? Yes, we are. Both of us, yes. Is everybody that works in your office a fiduciary? No, not not 100%. Explain to the listeners quickly what a fiduciary does. A fiduciary is a person who says, uh, I consider your interests above mine. I will recommend products and services to you that are the best for you, irregardless of what I may benefit from it. And so I'm going to make product recommendations and and advisory recommendations for you that are in your best interest. And you have a portfolio of of people you can go to as well, like I do with a reverse mortgage. It's not just one, one company. I go through a series of companies and they all are basically the same, but a little bit different. I just did a, an estimate for a lady and told her this is what they gave me and she said oh i like that i said well i don't and i (laughs) we're gonna go someplace else and see what else we can get but i have to present even though i didn't like it so after i said i didn't like it she didn't like it either (laughs) so i want to remind everybody go to biddingowl.com forward slash law matters that's the auction there's a bunch of really cool stuff on there. There's Navajo and antique art, Navajo art. There's a limited edition art. We're offering up uh, federal agents and local sheriffs. You have to give them back when you're done, but you can actually sit down and talk one-on-one with these people and have lunch. And what else do we have? We have like two seconds left. Thank you very much for inviting us to be on our pro- on your program. I hope that we've provided some information. Um, we're unique in what we do and the products and services that we provide. And the, the our specialization with law enforcement and first responders, I think, is unique because of having been in law enforcement. And our, our partner, who's not here today, retired from TPD after 25 years. So we provide unique products and services to law enforcement. Well, I appreciate you educating us. And it's not just for law enforcement. It's for everybody. Shop local, stay safe.